If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You just found the world's number one fitness, health, and entertainment podcast. This is Mind Pump. Right In today's episode, we answered live callers' questions, but that was after a 40-minute introductory conversation. We talked about fitness, studies, current events, and our lives. It was a lot of fun. By the way, you could fast forward. You could click on show notes um, and fast forward to your favorite part. So click on the timestamp, listen to your favorite part of the episode if you don't want to listen to the whole thing. Uh, also, if you ever want to be on an episode like this one where we answer your question live on air, email your question to live at mindpumpmedia.com. Now, this episode is brought to you by one of our sponsors, Viori. They make some of the best athleisure wear you'll find anywhere. Very comfortable stuff you can work out in or go out in. I love this company. Great stuff. I'm wearing it right now. Go check them out. Head over to vioriclothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com forward slash mind pump and get yourself 20% off your first order. Um, this episode is also brought to you by Public Goods. This is a great company. Okay. So what they do is they have household products, goods, things like dog food or shampoo or soap or detergent. They deliver it right to your doors. It's a subscription service. So you save money it's also products with very low chemicals in them or very little chemicals, so it's very safe to use. And it's also very environmentally friendly. But again, it saves you money. You got to go check them out. Head over to publicgoods.com forward slash mind pump. Use the code mind pump at checkout and get $15 off your first purchase. Also, the new program we just released, MAPS Cardio. There's two days left for the launch sale. Okay, so after two days, it goes to retail price. But right now, here's what's happening. You can get MAPS Cardio for $77. Now it's going to retail for 117, but right now for the next 2 days, you can get it for $77. What comes with that are two ebooks for free which we will normally sell later on. So later on each ebook is $47, but right now here's what you get for free for signing up for Maps Cardio. The first ebook is the VO2 Max Boost book. So this teaches you how to improve or increase your VO2 Max. The second ebook is Eat for Performance. This is all about nutrition to maximize your stamina and endurance. Okay, so here's the rundown one more time. New launch, new program, MAPS Cardio. For the next two days, get it for $77 and get those two eBooks for free included just for signing up. So if you're interested, go to mapscardio.com and then use the discount code for the $77 price and the two free eBooks. Use the code Cardio Special with no space. All right, here comes the show. Here's an easy way to lose weight. Drink a gallon of water Every single day. What? I know. Everyone's going to be like, what? How? Super oh, controversial. Water burns body? No, it doesn't. It's here's it's so why. simple. Now, this is bro science, right? So bodybuilders have been talking about this forever. Drink a gallon of water a day. And what do they say? Flushes out your body. Helps your body flush out fat. No, that's not what happens. None of that. What really happens is this. It's a behavioral thing. So when I would do this with clients, and by the way, it turns out that these guys would do that as well. When I would have clients drink you know, half a gallon to a gallon of water every single day, they drank less soda, less juices. They less alcohol. It helped with appetite. Sometimes, believe it or not, oftentimes cravings are connected to just needing more fluid. Yep. Um, and it kept them aware of what went in their mouth because they would typically have a bottle or something that held, let's say, a quarter of a gallon or half a gallon, and they would watch it throughout the day. So they were just aware of what was happening, and, and that made a big difference. And they took an additional 1,000 to 2,000 steps a day because they had to pee so much. You know what's funny? Uh, that is true. It yes. is true. That, have you ever tracked someone's yes, steps? Yes. Yeah. Especially, okay, if you've never tracked water, 500 my pee -pee and you've dance. never made an attempt to drink a gallon of water, 
the first time you do it, you are going to the restroom like every 10 to 15 minutes. It's yeah. all day long. You feel like you're going. So it increases your steps by now, I do thousands. Wanna, I also want to say this. You drink a lot of water. Make sure it's um, mineral water and not water that doesn't have- not Distilled water. Distilled can be dangerous. Yeah. Because it'll flush all the, the electrolytes out of your body, right. sodium. You say make sure it's mineral water? Mineral water. Mineral, yeah. Yeah, because you want to have some minerals in there. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I work out a lot. I don't eat a lot of heavily processed food. So I use salt in my water or more accurately, LMNT. It's an electrolyte company we work with. So it's like flavored with, with some stevia, salt, magnesium, potassium, put it in my water. But nonetheless, um, whenever I would have clients do this, and again, it was bro science and the, and the bodybuilders recognized the value. They just explained it wrong. Yeah. They just came up with an explanation that that's not what happens. But the reality is when I would have a client, literally no joke. I would do this sometimes with people. I'd say, we're not going to do anything with your diet. All I want you to do is aim for, you know, half a gallon of water a day, depending on how much they were to drink it, or a gallon of water a day. Yeah, when that's somebody's priority, it's just uh, they're seeking that out constantly throughout the day. And it's like all these other normal opportunities for grabbing some kind of a craving or uh, just sitting around. A lot of times, like, it's idle hands, you know. It's like the worst when you're just kind of sitting there. You end up, like you know, finding something to make you feel good or, uh, you know, or, or just like, you know, make yourself busy with something. I had, I actually had it down to a number. The average client, when they would go, when they would be consistent with this, lose, would lose, no joke, between three to five pounds. Yeah. Three to five pounds on the scale just from this alone yeah. was yeah. what I would notice. I mean, it, it goes right back into my philosophy around nutrition with my clients too, where when I first start out with any client, fat loss, muscle, doesn't matter. I first want them to, I want to see what they're doing. And then I want to add to the diet. Even if you want to lose weight, like I would find somewhere where you're lacking nutrient wise and then tell them to add what now add to their diet. Now, many people will be like, what? That's crazy. I want to lose 50 or hundred pounds. You're telling me you're going to put food into my diet. Well, yeah, because I know if, what happens when I assess someone's diet, they're lacking in so many different things, fiber, they're having too much sugar, not enough healthy fats, not enough protein. And so I pick something and then I add to the diet. What naturally ends up happening they is- Cut the other stuff out. Yeah, the other stuff ends up falling off, right? And, and just naturally happens that way. The same thing I feel like with the water, instead of telling a client like, oh, don't have this soda. Oh, don't have your, your glass of wine. Don't, don't do this. Just like, hey, our goal is to drink this much water. They're so focused on hitting that, that those things naturally just fall Psychologically, off. Psychologically, it works because, uh, I mean, just to put it more, more, you know, clearly, I guess, you're not telling them not to do something. Yeah. yeah. You're not telling them to take something out. You're saying add this thing, and then they automatically take it out. So it feels more see. like a treasure hunt than a punishment. A treasure hunt? Yeah, dude, you're hey. seeking it out. Yeah, there's water. We were so due for we were so due for one of your terrible analogies again, dude. It we were we were way overdue. It has been so, it's been like since ramp water since yeah. the last time That's we got old some, school. since we got something hey, good like you that. can drink a gallon of water, but first follow the clues. <laughs> <You gotta laughs> oh, trust me, it's just like, a, like it's just like a treasure hunt. What's, treasure hunts of water. <laughs> What's this riddle? I'm thirsty. <laughs> Can't it you can't open it. Oh, you're gonna stay thirsty. You guys, by the way, speaking of water, do you guys know where? Let's say, let's say, like something terrible happens and there's no water. Your water, no water coming out of the faucet. You have no drinking water. Do you know in your house where where you have safe drinking water? Where toilet. toilet? 
not in the bowl in the in, yeah, the, in the, the top tank. part. The, oh, the top. Oh, I shouldn't drink it out of the closet. Wait, are you joking? Of course, dude. Let me do it. Drink it out of the bowl in the toilet, dude. It's, <laughs> Why it's not hey, your faucet? I've gone through some tough times, yeah. but never that tough. Dude. I had to drink out of my toilet, dude. <laughs> I don't know, Buster. I'd really drink out of the hose and out of that. Dude. So the 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 back is yeah, is, the back is, is the cleanest. Apparently, now yeah. here's the deal. I don't know if you guys ever worked on the back of your toilet. It's it doesn't gross. look clean to me. It doesn't no. clean to me either. Like, why do they say who's, it's clean? Who's talking about that? The you never heard that? It's the porcelain that does. I actually think if your if your bowl was clean, I don't believe clean. it. Inside the toilet, yeah, if your bowl was clean, ooh, you'd have to clean the hell out of it though. Well, yeah, yeah that's right. I mean, if it was freshly cleaned and then nothing done in it, it would be just as clean. Yeah, I would think it'd be just as clean as the back. Now, how do the survivors? What's that guy's name? Is it Bear Grylls? Yeah, yeah. Does he always drink his pee. How does that work? He does, yeah. Because he evaporate it, or do you go straight? No, pee? You go, he he drinks it straight because a percentage of your what eighty percent of your pee is water, right? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So he just drinks it straight? Yeah. That's you know, like a survival a tactic. If you had no water and you were on the desert and you're in the desert and you're peeing, like that would be one of the ways to somewhat stay hydrated. So I saw well, I, he too would pee on like um, one of his shirts and he'd wear it as like a rag over his head to, to try and cool himself down. Keep him cool. Yeah. Oh. Which would, yeah, that helps as well. So you don't evaporate as much water from within. Like 10 years ago, there were all these memes with Bear grills, and it was like, it would be like a problem at the top, like, and at the bottom, the answer was always drink your pee. Have you seen that? <laughs> all us fails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Drink your you pee. did a lot of gross stuff. Dude, yesterday, I went to my, I went to my parents' house, and uh, so there's this thing that, you know, I'm going to be stereotyped, a little stereotype, okay, but I think this is true for... Italians, maybe just Southern Italians in general, okay? But I go to my parents' house, and I can hear my dad. I go in the front. I can hear my dad. He's in the house, but I can hear him at the front door. Yeah. And I know he's on the phone, uh-huh. okay? So I walk in. Oh, hey, Sal, come talk to your cousin. Now, he's got he's got the iPad in front of his face with the with uh, FaceTime, right? Okay. Oh, look. Hey, look at my son. How you doing over there? And I'm like, that's why I'm so loud on the phone. Jessica goes, why does your voice get so loud when you're on the phone? Yeah. And I'm like, because I learned it from my parents. They're always- like all of a sudden, they can't hear Bro, you. I, 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 so I don't, think it's, just, I don't yeah. think it's just a phone thing for you. I think it's in general. You never heard me on the phone? I'm way louder. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I just imagine you like answering something in a movie theater, being that guy, hey, yeah, good dude. to hear from you. Oh, no, they're so loud. And, I, and so I told my- Finally, I, I was with my parents <laughs> cracking up, right? Because I said hi to my aunt or my cousin somewhere and- I don't know, half my family, <laughs> and we're talking, then my dad hangs up, and I go, why are you guys so, like, you're loud anyway, Yeah. and I get that, it's fine, we got a busy house, whatever, why are you so much louder when you go on the phone, and then, of course, my mom's like, no, we're not, and I said, yes, you are, I said, as soon as someone calls you, and then we back and forth, and then my mom goes, oh, you know why, when we used to call people in Italy, back then, you know, when, when they first came here, the phone connections were so bad. And a lot of people didn't have phones. Like, so my grandmother didn't get a phone until much later. She had to go to a neighbor's house, use her phone. Yeah. They had to yell on the phone so they could hear them properly, and it just became a thing. I thought it was like Rocky where they'd be end up like yelling to the next building. He's like, hey, oh, yeah. come out. Oh, what's, what, what, that's, what the, that's the one where he's like, oh, I'll tell your brother you're going to be home. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll tell your brother. What, what of your, your traits that have been passed down from your family does Jessica get the most annoyed, or what does she have to check you the most on? Oh, the what noise. There's just nothing, in general. Oh, just boy. you're loud. Everything you do, everything. You don't do anything quiet. And so when she met my family and she went to a family function, mm. she's like, "Oh, I get it." Because, like now at my house. By the way, I appreciate it. So I never under- knew the difference because I grew up that way, right? I appreciate it at my house when the sun goes down. She dims the lights and we talk much quieter. And and I used to think it was silly. I'm like, who cares, right? When I was a kid, lights were bright and we were yelling until it's time to go to bed. 
She goes, no, do this. It's better for sleep or whatever. And she's totally right. So now I see the difference much more. Now, here's the thing. I told her this. I said, now, if you think my family's loud here, you go to Sicily and it, they are 10 times louder. So my family here has brought the volume down. <laughs> you go to Sicily and I swear to God, I'm at my, if I'm at my grandma's house or my aunt's house, I can hear the conversation, I swear to God, across the street or down the street from the neighbors that they're having for dinner. You can hear what they're doing. If everybody, if I've done that before, shh, shh, and we'll hear what they're saying across the street. That's how loud everybody is. That's funny. Over there. That's I know. Funny. I know. But that's the thing that annoys her the most, yeah. I think. At night or in the morning? Or both? Every time. <laughs> just, uh, all, all the time. All day. All She's day. She's like, can we just turn it down a few notches? Yeah, no, I get up and now I'm really good about it. But I mean, you guys know, like, especially when we first started working together. In the morning when I wake up, I'm like, you know, loud as hell. Yeah. Uh, I get I get constantly checked for the same thing I know you do, too, because you do it to me and you do it to other people, too. And we both have this tendency. And I blame that on, you know, for many years, we, we led people, right? Firstborn syndrome. It, it, or, yeah, Doug would say that, right? The firstborn syndrome. Doug's or, actually said that, too. Yeah, yeah, Doug's told me that before. I So I know I'm guilty, and I, re I realized how bad I was when we start, I started working with Sal, because I was oh, like, oh, you. this motherfucker does it more than I do. This so is a weird been a, year. Yeah, it's yeah. been a great reflection for myself, right? Which is, I tend to explain things all the time to, like, Katrina, when she, I, she doesn't need me to explain it to her, you know what I'm saying? Teaching. Yeah. You're always teaching. Yeah, I'm always teaching. I can't help it. And she gets really mad, you know? So that's And I, and I feel bad, because it's like... I don't mean it in like a disrespectful way. No. Like I just, I, I have my, most of my career I spent teaching trainers and, and telling like, you were also the oldest of, of and I was siblings. the oldest. So yeah. I'm the, always doing that with my siblings. So it's a different transition for me. I, so I become more mindful of how that must feel. It's also how, I, okay. For me, it's also how I learn. So yeah. if I'm that's right, explaining something, right. I'm, it helps me, to rem it. it helps me to remember it and learn it. And then, a lot of times I anticipate more discussion back, but oftentimes people don't say anything back. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll just keep going. <laughs> but I like, cool. it's the back and forth. My mom used to let me argue a lot when I was yeah. a kid, believe it or not. My well, dad I, didn't, no I don't think I ever realized how annoying it was until I worked with you because then you would do it to <laughs> wow. me on things that like, I, I, well, you would do it to me on stuff like I know. You know, like, you know like, Adam, the basketball actually. And so I catch you, I'm like, oh, that's what she means by when I do <laughs> that. So that's what she's talking uh, about. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So learning to be like, you say less, dude. That's yeah. been like a, a big thing for me for, I don't know, I'd say the last... I don't know, five, five to 10 years of mm. trying to be better about say less. I spent the whole half, first half of my life, like speaking up, being candid, being direct, like, oh, right. like using the, in, in leadership roles. Mm -hmm. And so the, this last or this back half have been trying to teach myself on like, say yeah. less, you know, be more like Justin. Mine's the complete opposite, right? <laughs> so yeah, mine is all like, I just do things and like, don't have to explain myself to anybody. And that's, just, <laughs> that's how it's been my whole life. And yeah. now it's like flipped on its head, which you know, has been amazing. And like, so there's been a, a good and a bad side to this in terms of like where I'm at now. Right. Yeah. So I, I've been able to communicate myself very clearly. And Courtney's like appreciative that like, I can say what's on my mind. I can explain what I'm doing. I can, you know, really articulate myself a lot better, but uh, I literally cannot sit there and listen to her tell a story without jumping in. <laughs> just punch right in. Stories? Like I've 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 evolved into this because I just have to get it in there. Because if I don't get it in there, it's not going to happen. I got a buddy like that, dude. Yeah, where, where he I don't even. Wanna, I'm not going to tell say too much. as he'll hear it and be. Get she gets hurt. so annoyed when I do that. But he tell way. maybe she does this. He'll tell a story, 
and he tells you all kinds of superfluous information. I don't need to know. I know. Like, oh, oh, let me tell you what I'm happened like, yesterday. Like, and he's like, so I woke up, up in the morning. You know, I got a coffee. And the story has nothing to do with coffee or waking up in the morning. But he's going to start the story that way. And he goes on forever. And so what I used to do to him when he would do this is I'd cut him off and I'd say, to make a long story short. Yeah. And he gets so <laughs> He gets so pissed. That's where I wish I had that music. You know, they used to do that with like a the Academy Awards. Did it, did it, did it, yeah. And they like pull him off stage. <laughs> Start the music. It's time yeah. to come off the stage. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. That's, but yeah, I know. I do that with uh, when I talk. So whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do? I've gotten better though. I feel like I have really. Maybe, I mean, maybe Katrina will check me and say otherwise. But I think the first step is just to become aware that you, you do that, you know. And the hard part is that like you were just alluding to Justin is that it, there's pros and cons to it. Like there's mm -hmm. there, it's a strength of mine to be able to do yeah. that, but then being uh, uh, socially aware of your, your environment and knowing like, Oh, okay, this person doesn't want that. Like, even though I have this to give to them, mm -hmm. I, I need to hold back and then just wait for them to ask for it versus like that initial jump on it right away. And totally. Say something, totally. You know? Hey, so I watched something really cool on YouTube yesterday, right? So I got all this time because I'm no kids, no <laughs> wife. So I'm like, I hate to watch stuff on I heard TV. you watch that stupid show again. Man. No, Come on, no, I tried again. Yeah. Euphoria. It's too disturbing. Uh, I'd say I'm done. Yeah. Forget What'd it. What'd you man. see on YouTube? Kids then? should not be doing I might so try again tonight, but I'm done. It's done. Yeah. I watched, so I went on YouTube and, um, Okay, so Pumping Iron, best one of the best bodybuilding document, the best bodybuilding documentary of all time. They made another, not Pumping Iron, but another bodybuilding documentary, not nearly as good, but cool for me because I'm a big, I'm into bodybuilding back in the day. Yeah. Uh, it's called The Golden Era of Bodybuilding on YouTube, and it's in the 80s. So Rich Gaspari's on there. There's uh, Lee Haney. Uh, Albert Beckles, like all these bodybuilders. And showing was it them made way back then? It was. Oh. It was. And I like watching it. Okay, so I like watching it, not necessarily because of the bodybuilders, although I did grow up looking at some of these guys and be like, oh, these guys are so cool or whatever. What I like watching about it are the gyms. So while they're working out, I'm paying close attention. These were the top bodybuilding gyms in the world. Mm -hmm. Now, what they highlighted was Gold's Gym, which yeah. a lot of people don't know this. Joe okay. Gold started Gold's Gym. Then he sold it to some business developers. Then he got back into the business of gyms and he opened World Gym. So World Gym was owned by Joe Gold. Gold Gym then was sold to someone yeah, else. I didn't know that he owned World. Santa Cruz. He did. Oh, I didn't Dave know Draper that. owned the one in Santa Cruz. Yes. Yeah. And then it was a franchise. And yeah. So anyway, I'm looking at these gyms and the Gold Gym, the way that they had it in the 80s, from what I saw, you could tell that the guys who bought it understood a little bit about business and commercializing the gym. Yeah. The layout was different and I could hear some music in the background. It must have been one of the first gyms that played music in the background. Wow. Now, the world gym that Joe Gold opened, he was totally different. He's walking around the gym floor, like old school. Like if you looked at, if you read about gyms in the 1940s and 50s, the few that existed, the owners would walk around the gym and coach people. So like Vince Garanda would walk around, you're doing that wrong, get out. Like they would act like that. Like you're, no, you're either in or you're out, right? Joe Gold's doing that. He's walking around the gym, keep going, go harder. And he's doing this type of thing, no music. And then afterwards they interviewed him. He goes, I don't, he goes, only serious people in here. If I see someone messing around, I kick them out. I'm like, that's why World Gym didn't do well. <laughs> yeah. And that's why Gold Gym did really well. But it's really cool to see the equipment, the layout, and the way that they train. They, they're, they're, they've trained with a really good range of motion in those days. Yeah. They didn't, they, like Rich Gaspari, well, a lot of them full range of motion. Barefoot too. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, no. There was one bodybuilder in there I forgot all about, which I, I said his name, Albert Beckles. Did you guys know that guy got, <clears throat> I want to say second second place in the Mr. Olympia at 60? 
60 years old? He was 60 years old. Wow. So they dead. now, of course, back then the standards were a little different. They didn't take the drugs. I mean, Dexter Jackson, Jack Jackson has been landing in the top five, and he's what, 50 something yeah. now, right? I mean, but that's Albert Beckles, so. up until he was, so he's 84. I think he's still alive now. But there's pictures of him in his 70s ripped. Because then I was like, oh my God, this that's guy's crazy. Sick. So they're showing him train, <clears throat> working out, and he's, and you, you know, he's kind of balding. And you're kind of like, is he? Because he looks young too. And then he says his age. And I'm like, oh my God, he looks incredible. You know, speaking of age huh. and then like trends and, and stuff like that, it was so interesting the other day. Oh, is that him? Yeah. So that, that picture, that color one in the middle there, I think he's like 60 in that picture right there. Wow. Or older. That's crazy. Pretty dude. crazy, right? He looks phenomenal. Still. Phenomenal. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, no. Oh yeah, 61 right there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's, it's, that's super impressive. Um, no, I was just talking to, you're reminding me of the conversation that we just recently had with Eugene. And uh, really highlighted uh, the age gap that we have. Oh yeah, you know, I I didn't realize how much younger he was than us. Super intelligent guy, very smart. But guy. listening to his experience around like squatting and deadlifting was so foreign to me. I'm like, what are you talking? Yeah. But I thought, oh, dude, this is he's ten years later. And that w what I remember was being in gyms and nobody squatting and deadlifting. But you got to think at his age when he was at the same level. By the time he was 16, yeah. 17 working out. Yeah. That's CrossFit, when CrossFit was already coming. Yeah. On. And squats oh. became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's weird. Uh, we're, we're all old enough to see the to see them go out of favor and into favor. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's how it was in the 90s. Like nobody squatted. Nobody deadlifted. Then all of a sudden it came in favor, and then before the nineties, everybody's perspective makes sense because of that. Even. Totally, it yeah. made it, after having that conversation with him, it really uh, opened my eyes of like where he's coming from because he definitely didn't see the same wave that we saw before. Mm -hmm. We just have a, we have a whole another decade yeah. on him of training people. Obviously, you can tell how how smart he is when it comes to training clients. Like everything we we addressed in that episode, like I didn't disagree with what he was saying. Yeah. But I, this the th the way he's been influenced is different. Because, it makes sense because he's pretty, younger. Pretty funny, and this has nothing to do with uh, working out in gyms. But in terms of like the age gap and like the different generations and how they receive like. So I've been getting hit up all the time. Why aren't you talking about Kenobi? You know, oh, and, yeah. and like, I personally like, like, I want to like it, but I'm not like super into it. And it's because like, I was never really into the prequels. Which uh, all the young like, generation. And most of like, staff and like, I was talking to Gio about this and like some of the other guys, like their generation, like that was so, so much of an imprint on them. Like, because it came out right, you know, when, when they were in that, that impressionable age. Yeah. yeah. And so they like remember these characters and they're getting excited about that. And then seeing it all kind of play out. And like, I think where my disappointment has been with the whole franchise as of late was like, dude, like the most impactful character for me was always Han Solo. And they just totally just, just destroyed him. For yeah. Me. Yeah. And they haven't been able to do anything since. <laughs> I'm like, I keep waiting, you know, for something, but like, it's just interesting. Be like what people like really attach themselves to and or get that kind of imprint. Totally. With, you know, that, I mean, along those lines, it reminds me of the conversations I keep having with, uh, these kids that are that are so drawn to the NFT culture that's happening and cryptocurrency culture mm. that's happening right now. And it so closely reminds me of the dot-com bubble. But I mean, if you're under 30 years old, if you're 30 or under, you, you don't, don't remember, remember the dot-com bubble. No, were, in those times, anything dot-com made money yeah, or you thought it would make money. Yeah, well, and, and, yeah. And, and to defend the dot-com during that time, it was, it did change the way we did business and internet for the rest of our lives. Yeah. It was that revolutionary. As revolutionary as I think 
NFT and cryptocurrency yeah, is going and blockchain is going to be. One hundred percent agree. That's not my argument on that. It's that. But if you recall all the like your point, Sal. Anybody, if you if you owned dot or if you had animals.com books.com if yeah. you own like a, a, a popular name.com people were throwing, throwing money, money at you yeah. because everyone was like oh my god this is going to be brilliant there's someone yeah. that, and so 99 there's no business made from that no. that's still here no 99 yeah. of those businesses that were gone amazon amazon and ebay yeah yeah are the only two that i'm familiar with that are unicorns that made it out of that mm -hmm. wow. so what i try to explain so there is i think eighty thousand. NFTs now and like 16,000 or more, 18,000 cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. If you just do the math, if statistically it's going to be like that, the percentage that end up. The problem is. The, the is likelihood that you're going to gamble and bet on the right NFT yeah. or the right cryptocurrency. It's a lotto ticket. Yes. The problem is, is that they're betting on crypto, which they don't real, which is good. The problem, the, the, now here's the problem with that is that they're going with these specific companies. These are still businesses. Right. So crypto, great. Internet, great. Yeah, we, we love the technology of it. Individual businesses, uh, still eighty percent fail. Yeah, that's yeah. what the pe people are like. No, that's why I had that argument, right? And someone's like, no, 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 the ones I'm looking at, you should see the utility of it. The utility is amazing. That's all blockchain argument. Yeah, it's exactly the utility of it's amazing. It's like okay, still doesn't matter. It still has to build like a normal company mm -hmm. and the likelihood that this company will be listen where we're at right now and they, they predict i think predict in the next 25 years like over like 65 percent or 75 percent of the s p 500 will be completely turned over yeah. these are publicly traded companies, companies that are in the millions and billions of dollars and even they will be turned over by then so this idea that you think your your cryptocurrency or your nft that it's attached to this great business plan or idea is going to be here in 10 years and make you a thousand X you're I mean, I hope so, what was bro. That, what was I that, hope so. What was that one meme? Because yeah. <laughs> you know they're getting hammered now, right? <laughs> there so was that one meme. I'm, where I'm, like, I'm oh. such a dick, bro. I've been like <laughs> <laughs> what was, throwing gasoline. On I know, it. I know. Yeah. What was that one? It's like with my uh, I, I I sold our house for cryptocurrency, yeah, yeah. and, and now I own a crypto house and a crypto car. No, no, no. No, I posted that meme. It was a guy, and it was saying his his uh, his crypto house, his crypto food, and his crypto car are still good. You know. Saying like <laughs> yeah, we're good, honey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's messed up. Oh, dude. Here, honey, have another serving of blockchain. I know you're hungry. Oh, <laughs> oh Dad. I mean, I, I, me. okay. A, a part of that, like, it's not like I want to see people lose money. That's not. But I've had a lot of debates back and forth with people in my DMs, and so that's what you see from me. Like when I start posting stuff like that, and I when I tend to go hard on in one way, it's because I've had to argue back and forth with so many people for the last couple You're, years. It's just way too confident. You gotta <laughs> like, you know, bring yourself to reality on some level here. Well, well it's also the generational thing. Like yeah. that's why that's how this got into this conversation. Yeah. That you reminded me of that because. If you weren't around to see that, this is so like what everybody always thinks, okay? And I'm always History 40, right? Somebody itself. who's 50, 60, 70 years old. Well, they old. don't think that the rules of business apply anymore. Yeah. They still apply. Or that this doesn't have like we don't have cycles. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, it's just and and every time it's different. Yeah. Every time. No, every not this time, time it's so different. Not this time. It's not going down this time. Yeah, but there's yeah. some fundamentals that always play out. That's why so. when people it's yep. you know, people invest in companies and it, because it's it's tech or because it's new, you know, technology or advanced, they don't think that the rules of yeah. business still apply. It you is know, like, exciting, but you gotta look at the fundamentals. You do, hundred percent. Anyway. 
So I'm excited because I'm going shopping with Justin after this. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're having a little bit of a date. So dress you like a skater uh, when you get back? Is that what's He's the, wifeless uh, yeah. currently, so no, he's going to help me shop. We're going to go to- so we're He's going to help you shop? Yeah, he's going to look at see how I'm making my fits uh, at Fiore with my new ch- trunks, is, you know. He's yeah. going to come back and like Dumb and Dumber. This hey, look, you and right Doug now. go on trips all the time. <laughs> Justin, I know, and I, this might be this might backfire. Yeah, I, I come know. back in a, in a, a teal hey, suit. Don't and let him get in your head, bro. Suit. Him and Doug, yeah, got, him I and got Doug, like new balance shoes. I'm like, check me out, Adam. I look awesome. No, it's me. Yeah. No, see, they go out all the time. Now Justin and I are gonna go. Uh, yo, this is jealous. That's jealous. right. Don't get jealous of Doug and That's I. It. Hey, oh, you guys are hanging we're out. I'm not gonna lot. tell you what's happening. Difference is Doug and I are working. <laughs> oh, hey, we're working it too. <laughs> oh, I'm working it, yeah. Adam. No, he's so about. no, we're gonna go get some like some summer stuff or whatever. So, the one at Santana Row, have you? Oh, yeah, you've been there, of course. Yeah, you were yeah, there at the yeah. opening, yeah, yeah. No, I love that. That by the way, that location is great, great setup. They there, got yeah. everything in that location. I, I love never, it right across. If I go online Google. and can't find something, I go there and I find it. <laughs> I know, I swear to God, I yeah. like going in person too. It's uh, again, uh, there's it, it's one of those things like I want to support businesses like the. The physical yeah. businesses, because yeah. like I still want that to exist. Like I'm still just tired of do buying you, it online. Do you each have like a favorite? That, I mean, they have so many different styles of shorts. Do you not a- shorts because I don't really wear a lot of shorts, but I can't get over the these the pants that I'm wearing right now and these polos. They're just so professional. Looking. I think it's the We're, core ones that I really I think like. so. Do, do is, is it that the you core ones that yeah. are kind of sweat? material a like little bit lighter yeah like lighter yeah yeah no 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 you're you thinking that they're thinking like cut off sweats they almost yeah, like yeah. sweat they, no, they not that will you pull up pull up the shorts i want to see what yeah, you i don't know what those there. ones are called you don't you don't want us to pick but, it up uh, a pair, do you? maybe i do oh my god maybe you gotta I, come with us dude. maybe they I got do. some wild colors though they got in i this, have quite like, a, i know i just want to see the new styles because i have plenty of their i will not shop for another man i'm sorry that's the last thing i'll do all right I'll give you a shoulder rub. Uh, I'm not gonna buy it reminds clothes. me of that I follow this Instagram page. I think it's called Rad Dad, and uh, oh, yeah. the, the, there's this. He did a, like a post like a while. Ago. I think it went viral, and it was like uh, you know that awkward feeling when your wife hands you like her purse to hold. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you just how do you hold it? Yeah, how do you hold? It? You like wrap it up. You put it under your armpit like this. Oh, I gra- I grab. Yeah. I don't grab the like strap. The, you, like gra- this. you pinch it at the end. Yes, <laughs> like it's like it's a dirty way away from like it's a dirty diaper. Yeah. Oh, those Somebody the, take this from me. Those, those are the core ones. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, I like those. those. Are like bathing suit. Yeah. You gonna go swimming in that? Is that what you gonna do? I mean, yeah. I could swim in any of them. They all have that kind of material. Where I've yeah. I've actually I've actually gotten the pool in all of them before. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for something. You know, little, well, some of them have wild. the. Does that have the the? Shorts? That has a liner. The liner yeah. inside. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one with the liner inside. Mm. Yeah, the green. That ones, means you yeah. don't have to wear underwear with that's that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I told you. I going to Cabo. We only need two pairs of underwear for the whole week. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I, remember, remember, I said that to you. You're gonna be like, damn shit. It's day four. Adam's right. Or one pair underwear. What we don't know is. Wears the same two pairs every day. <laughs> I like an extra breezy. Yeah. He's like, yeah. you wear one, turn it inside out. Where no, at, that is one of the trips that I, I have done over and over. And every time I go, I, I come back. You with, know why? Because you think, oh, going out clothes. You oh, do. The you, truth is, you go to places like that, everybody goes out and flip flops. Yes, in you Cabo. Pants. You, yes. Exactly. In Cabo, shorts and a tank top and flip flops are fine everywhere you go. Yeah. You could go to the nicest restaurant it's on the business, pier. It's business go, attire. Yeah. <laughs> and sure ninety 90% of the time, if you're at like a place where we're at where we have a pool, you're going to be in the pool or laying around mm-hmm. the pool. So you're going to be in your swim trunks. So as long as you have like two pairs of swim trunks to rotate, so you can let them dry out and flip, go back and forth. Yep. That's yeah. what I need. Dude, I, I got to tell you. So you know, I've been experimenting with some of the pep- peptides from you know who we work with at mphormones.com. Yeah. Testing them out, obviously under doctor supervision. I used the ibutamorum for a little while. I tried that. That raises growth hormone. Definitely noticed that. That's like a, I think it's more of a muscle builder than anything. That's what I noticed from it, right? 
But I stopped that because, you know, not, I don't necessarily need it, but I stopped it and maybe I'll do it again later. Then I tried a peptide called PT141, okay? <clears throat> PT141 makes you horny. Yeah. yeah. That's a peptide that makes you horny. Literally sounds like a droid. No, too, it's, a, it's, a, it's a peptide that literally makes you horny and it works on men and women. And it's a libido booster. It is not like Viagra. doesn't increase blood flow. It literally make, increases libido and desire. And it's, didn't you say it like darkens your skin a little too? Or so it's, like, it, it, it increases one of the hormones that causes skin pigmentation. So if you take it, uh, that's what it originally was designed for, to help people get a tan without getting the yeah, sun. Right. The sun. Yeah, I look at my look real. It's also good. done with and then the, the, insulin needles so you could jab your wife when she's not looking. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not do recommended. That. Don't do that. Disclaimer. Definitely Just not. Say Don't it, do that. Just say it. No, but anyway. And it I, works on women. Yeah. But these, the, it does, it, men and women. Yeah. So this, these peptides, I wanted to experiment with some of them because they'll be it's recommending be them to certain, you know, to certain clients that, that go over there from Mind Pump. So I tried it. So the side effects I got were a little bit of skin flushing. Then I tried taking a smaller dose, but a couple days in a row instead of taking one larger dose once. Yeah. Holy cow. Did that you guys, is very strong. Uh, speaking of like that. Like it works. You actually you feel it. Yeah, go ahead. Did you guys put together a peptide stack? Did you guys put that together yet? We're working on it, and there's going to be an episode where we talk about God, you're different always ones. working on something. Are you, you know going to finish I mean? anything? Mm-hmm. Organifi, you're working on stuff. Peptides, you're working on stuff. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> Too much shopping. He's got enough shame seat here, right? <laughs> hey, listen. What, when you, here's the deal. I want to tell the audience this. You can get peptides, because I know people will go online. They sell them online as research chemicals. So it's like a gray area. You don't want to do that. Not regulated, not doctor supervised. I would never do anything like this if it wasn't through I don't think we doctor should supervision and with- I don't uh, think we should recommend it to anybody. We're I'm just going to be real and tell you that. I'm saying yeah. That's how I feel. No, no, no. I'm well, say, what, don't try this, but I'm trying it. Yeah, no, no. What I mean by that is if you're going to <clears throat> utilize peptides for what, what boosting growth hormone, speeding up healing and recovery, there's one for, obviously one for libido. You do it, and it's done through a pet, through a pharmacy, and you work with a doctor to supervise. So that's the only way I would do it. But anyway, I tried it, and it's effective. Yeah, I mean, it's really weird too. It Doug, I, exciting. I I think I told you guys. I don't know if I brought this up on the show, um, but this is like the new hustle with like inflation is to like shrink the size of products. So obviously everybody oh, yeah. sees prices like consumer. I've seen this all over the place. Consumer goods on average, yeah, so the price up, stays the same, are up like ten percent. So what some of these companies are, ships like, are from here. They'll jump here at five percent, but then they'll they'll knock off like two or three ounces. And so I was actually looking at. So if I don't have my public goods toothpaste, I use Tom's. And uh, Katrina was asking me the other day, like if I wanted her to buy more Tom's or buy more public goods. I said, "Oh, get more public goods." I'm pretty sure it's cheaper. Do you know the price difference between those two products? It's like a dollar or two. Is for, it? Yeah, yeah, I looked it up. What's it? And the ounces, are they the same? Yeah, or they, they're or the did, same. No, they're the same ounce. I'm going to pull it up. I think <clears throat> public goods is six ounces for the toothpaste, and okay, Tom's so, is five and a half. Yeah, so five and a half for uh, $7 from Tom's, and six ounces for $5, so it's $2 cheaper. You know, the thing about public goods is you get good comparable prices or cheaper, typically. Um, the refills, you save a lot. So what happens is if you buy soap... You guys obviously know this, but I'm telling the audience, right? You buy soap in, in a soap dispenser, hand soap. Then when you want to refill, it's a bag with minimal packaging. The material of the bags, it, it's designed to break down and compost. And so you use the refill to fill. So it's really good for the environment. And that's where you start to save is through the refills and the subscription is where you really start to save. You know, speaking of the environment stuff, I was mentioning this off air. And I want Doug to, to check my numbers because I, I don't want to be wrong. He's all, what's one plus one? <laughs> yeah. Is it two? Is it? Uh, 
but I, I, I wish days? I don't remember where I heard this, but okay, we all know like plastic in the ocean, right? That's like the thing that we always that we always talk about, or yeah. people always There's talk like about. A literal island of plastic. Out yeah, there. it's like so bad. I've seen the videos and pictures and stuff like that. It's terrible. But I saw somebody gave me the breakdown of like who's responsible for that. And for you know polluting the, the ocean. Yeah, do you know the United States is like. A f like a tiny yeah. fraction yeah, of that. I know. I know. We have not, not that I'm, I'm condoning that any is good. Okay, I'm not saying like you know, but I didn't. I assume as much as you hear about it here, yeah, that we were like major contributors to that, and it's no. I, well developed it's, nations they make us feel really bad about it. Yeah, yeah, no, well developed nations like the U.S. What uh, is it? Doug? Have really, really good. Go yeah, it says 0. 0.2 percent of the world's Point ocean plastic. Mm -hmm. uh, despite making up over three percent of the population, is from the United States. Yeah. And it's because that's crazy. Not even a percent. It, we have really good waste waste management. Very well developed waste. We don't. Thank you, Tony Soprano. Good good regulations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> good regulations. Yeah. But you go to other countries, developing nations, or like China, for example. Asia is eighty one percent. There you go. Wow. Africa is eight percent. Yep. South America is five and a half. North America four and a half. Yeah. Europe's point six. Good good job, Europe. Yeah. Dang. And wait, Europe's point six. We're point what? We're 4.5 for North America. That includes Mexico and, and Canada. Canada. We're, yeah. we're but if you go to the we're U.S. alone, it's 0.2. Yeah, 0.2. Yeah. So U.S. is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can't control those Hell Canadians. Yeah. Gotta be, we can't yeah. control those Mexicans. Dude. We can't control them. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> so we can control what we're doing here. You know what I'm saying? So we're oh 0.2. I mean, I just think that's a big deal. Like, everybody talks about it like it's such a huge deal here. And I, I just thought that it was way higher than that. No, it's not. We, we do a pretty good job. Yeah, we do a pretty damn good job. I know it's a, it's yeah. it's the the information that you hear is uh, it's scary, and then you feel very very responsible. I'm not saying we, we now we should do what we can here. Well, it's interesting but, to me because yeah, the pollution talk always comes up. Yeah, and it doesn't. You don't like nobody wants to point fingers in any other direction but here. But yeah, you start thinking about that and where all of the world's factories are, like the majority, of right? Them, you know, it's yeah. like we we outsource that a lot, which. That is like the biggest of gross pollutions is like these massive factories. Well, yeah, and here's the way I look at it is like this, and it's and my point of bringing that up was actually is is not to like point the fingers at the other countries, even though I made a joke about that right there. It really is to highlight like sometimes in our country, dude, we 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 get so hard yeah, on tired like, of blaming what, us for what, what a shitty job we do at everything. Yeah. We're so bad. We're and, and all this stuff, and it's like when you look at everywhere else in the country, we're you actually mean the world. Yeah, sorry. Everywhere else in the world, we're doing a lot better than they are well, in a well, lot got, of different areas. Well, you look at when you look at the the numbers when when you have a country that's developing, the main focuses of that country are we need cheaper energy, we need to feed our people, people need to be able to have houses and products, and we need to be able to make our labor from super hard, inefficient to easier, more efficient. And so you see that process, and so they don't prioritize. Waste. They don't prioritize pollution. It's like we look. If you're if you're living in a third world nation or a developing nation, and you're like, listen, I don't care about CO two emissions because I can't feed my kids. Like I just want to feed my kids right now, right? So that's what the way they start. Right. Then when they become developed and they start to become wealthy, as they become wealthy and those minimum <clears throat> needs are met and then surpassed, then you start to see more focus on. The environment, pollution on social justice causes through businesses or whatever, right? Because right. you can. So that's 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 you got to look at it in a fair way. Like if you look at the countries that pollute the most, they don't give a shit about pollution because they're worrying about like we got to make survival. This shit. 
Yes, we yeah, got to make this happen. It's on a base level, right? But I, my point there, is, I'm talking about like the, the narrative around us. The narrative that w because when they make you feel that way, they manipulate you. So it's a lot of that comes from politicians, and yeah. then media influences that. So when you're reading something. If if they tell you, hey, we're doing a great job, don't worry about but I guarantee it. Versus you ask your average yeah. like kid or whatever, like in school, they think like, we're the who's biggest, the ones? worst. They, they would say us. Yeah, yeah. and that's 100%. my point. That's my point of bringing that up yeah. is that I think that we've we've, I don't know, we we rag on us on so many things. Like we're we're so awful and we're failing so much as a country. But it's like, man, there's a lot of things no. that. We're, we're doing pretty well and we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. And the, whether we're all the way there well. on some areas, like, of course, we still have things that we need to get better. About. But Jesus, where we were just 100 years ago to where oh, we are very today, different. like, oh my God, yeah. like, come on. But you got it. Where's the positive spin ever? Yeah. 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 No, that's true. But the other thing, too, is this is that campaign the positive stuff, yeah. I guess. Well, yeah. the other thing, Good too, point. is economically, we're still the, the superpower of the world. China's coming up, but we're still the superpower. And also, we are the, the largest by far media exporter meaning other countries in the world are far more aware of american media and culture than we are of the rest of the world so we automatically become the center narrative automatically like when our presidential elections go on the whole world talks about it mm -hmm. i don't know when other elections tend to go on unless it's a country that like that they're you know they're telling us to really focus on type of deal right look at like celebrities and that kind of stuff so it's because we export so much media so it makes sense that they're going to put uh, so much focus on us in that well, way. We're doing it on ourselves too. We're, not, we're, we're one of the few countries though that do a, an election like every four years though, right? Like most people stay in power for a long time. Like China, Russia, places like that. Oh, like well, you get in power, you stay in power for a long time. Yeah, no, we, we are. you have to be out in four. Uh, Europe is pretty good, but I think there's a way that they can stay. I know here you have limit. You have limit. Yeah, eight's yeah. it. That's our, yeah, our government was founded... Uh, with re by people who are super, super skeptical of power. Yeah. Like they obviously Divided designed power. It. Yeah. They're like, like and you know, they, they did the best they could to make it impossible to, you know, to, to impose tyranny. Although, you know, yeah. there's always a way. Hey, so I want to go back to fitness here real quick because, uh, I ate something yesterday. I hadn't eaten in a long time. And then it dawned on me that this is the perfect bodybuilding food. What I'm going to ask you guys, what, what culture has the perfect, Bodybuilding food. You guys already saw the note, so you know my answer. Peru. Oh, I didn't see it. Peruvian? Peru, yeah, Peru. Really? Yeah, the potatoes and the meat, dude. That's pretty good. Yeah, white That's potatoes true. and meat, dude. You could get bro, bulked up on- Bro, Mediterranean or Persian food. Uh, it's all like kebabs, chicken, Mongolian beef, steak, rice. Yeah. I had Persian food yesterday, and yeah. I looked at it all. I'm like, this is what a bodybuilder would want. To I mean, eat. That's, uh, when I yeah. ate it when I went to Peru. That's how I. I mean, the, the plate they give you this massive serving, and it's like white potatoes and steak. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. I was like, oh yeah, this is perfect for me. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. It's pretty good. What about yeah. you, Justin? What do you? Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't care about bodybuilding. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> that conversation we had Give the other day and about bodybuilding. And I'm fine. I can't remember the last time that Justin looks like he's smelling a fart the entire episode. <laughs> that's what it looks like. Just, I am. That's yeah, really that's exactly. Like, what bro, I'm pretend doing. like you're like. Oh, we're talking about getting shredded. Yeah, I know. He's yeah. like, oh god. You like guys. eye roll after every statement. He has to be the most man man narcissist. I've ever met in my life. Oh, you, know? oh, you want to look pretty? I could punch something. <laughs> I can't hide it, you guys. I'm sorry. Good balance. It's good balance. Hey, real quick, you got to check out the company Live On Labs. So they make supplements, nutrients, things like B complex or lipoglutathione that have a delivery system, liposomal delivery system, that allows it to get absorbed into your body to the target tissue. So it's a really good product. They have a vitamin C, for example. It's actually one of the vitamin C's that I've ever taken that I actually feel. Great company. And right now, you can get lipoglutathione for free when you bundle it 
with the B-complex and vitamin C. So get the B-complex vitamin C, you get lipoglutathione for free. Go check them out. Head over to liveonlabs.com. That's L-I-V-O-N-L-A-B-S.com forward slash MP for that hookup. All right, here comes the rest of the show. Our first caller is Justin from Georgia. What's up, Justin? How can we help you? What's going on, guys? Hey, first off, um, wanted to wish you guys all a happy Father's Day. Um, you know, I really appreciate what you guys do for every every one of us as a community that listen in. And, um, you know, you guys definitely deserve that time to uh, spend with your family and love hearing about it. Um, I'm getting married at the end of this year and oh, you know, you. hearing about all of you guys and managing your, your business and personal lives and with kids, it's, it's really inspiring for someone like me that wants to you know be there as well one day in the future. Awesome, man. Thank you. Great. Of course. Um, so just uh, kind of give you a little context of, um, you know, where I'm coming from and then this will help lead into the question and help you better answer that as well. Um, I'm 30 years old. Um, I've been in and around different scenes in the fitness industry, um, professionally, uh, for the last like five years or so. Um, with personal training, nutrition coaching, um, things like that. But most of my background really started with um, powerlifting and Olympic weightlifting, which um, more recently kind of became more like a bodybuilding or power, I guess you could say like power building, as some people might be calling it nowadays. Um, but my main question kind of revolves around um, deloading and the importance of, of that and built around it, or excuse me, maybe between phases or at the end of a training program. Um, and if that's something that, you know, is recommended for somebody who maybe doesn't have experience or uh, maybe if you can kind of go into detail about the uh, importance of that, um, building that into training programs and how it can be more efficient for me. Yeah, good question. Uh, by the way, congratulations on on your upcoming marriage. That's cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so um, deloads. Typically, what I'll tell people with a deload week is to base it off of feel. Now, here's the problem with that. Most people are terrible when it comes to taking that kind of advice. So I would say the more consistent you are, the the more your volume, the higher your volume is, the higher the intensity of your training is, the more valuable taking a deload week is every 8 to 12 weeks or maybe even 14 weeks, okay? So if you're super consistent with your workouts, you don't miss a workout, you like to push yourself. You're really pushing progress. Your volume is pretty high, can, you know, compared to most people's training. Then, deload weeks are extremely valuable. And what you do in a deload week is you're active, but you you basically work out at like 40, 50 percent intensity. You're in there just to kind of move and get a pump and stretch a little bit. And, and studies will show that deload weeks actually contribute quite a bit to to progress. Now, with people who are not consistent, people who miss workouts and aren't working out very much, I typically don't schedule deload weeks, but I do tell them to take a deload week if they start to feel excessive stiffness, soreness, fatigue, or if they notice any sleep issues. But generally speaking, I would say every eight to 12 weeks or so, it's probably a good idea to take a deload week. I've, I've actually changed my opinion on this recently. Uh, or in the last year, right? When, whenever it was when we first came across the study that they did that we've talked about multiple times. And I don't know if you've heard us talk about the study where they had the two groups where somebody trained basically every single day consistently through, I think, three months. And then you had another group that every third week they took a whole week off. Have you heard us talk about this study? 
I, I'm actually relatively new, so I have not. Yeah. Have okay. Not heard, so um, this this was a really fascinating study for me. Uh, and what ended up happening, so there's a group, okay, one group stays consistent all the way through for three months or six months, I don't remember what it was. I think it was three months, and yeah. it was, uh, and then it, I don't, it wasn't everyday workouts, but it was a consistent routine. Yeah, consistent yeah. routine, right? Basically not any scheduled days off other than their normal, normal days, right? So you have consistent group for 12 weeks. Another group, every third week, they take an entire week off of training. At the end of the study, both groups progress the same amount. So it just it just highlighted how men missing every third week a whole week doesn't even set you back to since that I I'm I'm probably more pro doing a deload week even if you don't think you need it because it, it just just highlights if, if, as long as you're consistent like Sal's point is true like if I'm talking to a client who you know that we can't even string two or three weeks together with them not missing a workout. I'm I'm a little less worried about doing it because they naturally will end up deloading because they're not consistent. But for someone maybe like right, right. maybe like you who's like dialed in, you follow a program, you don't really miss any days. Now and even if you felt good at the program and ready to roll in, I actually would encourage a deload week. I would encourage a week of just mobility or maybe training, doing some cardiovascular work or just working a lot of stretching, like or just reducing, like Sal said, yeah. your your load by forty percent and just going Treating really like a skill and just you know working with that with low load. Yeah. So and that in the past, I would say, hey, if you feel good, you don't you don't feel sore, you don't you're not your joints aren't aching, your your strength is still going. I'd say roll right in the next program but after reading that study and seeing how beneficial it was for somebody to take off a whole week every third week and still progress as good as somebody who is going now i'm like damn there, there's got to be benefits to just taking that week off and i think for us people that are fitness fanatics uh we probably tend to overreach and stretch ourselves more than probably taking off so for someone like you or for someone like us i would say after the program take that week and and do a deload week yeah, and, and okay. now the key here, though, what's, what's important is that you don't – now, you can take it completely off and do nothing. I don't think that's a good idea, though, because the benefits from being active and exercise and training are uh, far-reaching. There's It's more than just strength, muscle, and fat loss. There's also, uh, there's also mental uh, wellness that comes from it. There's health effects, benefits from moving consistently – so I don't think you should take it off completely and do nothing. I think you should go and do something. Just really reduce the intensity. Make it just and hit the nail on the head. I like skill training. I like to go into the gym and really perfect my form. Get a little bit of a pump. Go real easy. Mobility, if that's uh, something that you need to work on, that's a great thing to focus on during that week. I don't think it's a good idea just to take it off unless you are really fatigued, yeah. really burnt out. I 100% agree. Like uh, just focusing on your skill training mobility will do wonders because you're still going to be stimulating those muscles in a similar way, but now with a lot less demand and load. So, um, you know, your your body, you don't want to cut all that momentum, all of that effort that you've been putting in uh, and to, to completely shut it off and just rest and not do anything. You know, it's going to take a bit more than, you know, the following week to then, you know, start that ball rolling again. So yeah, I, it, I think it's it's definitely good for the body to, you know, go through that active recovery. Yeah, and, and again, we, I can't overstate this. You know this, Justin. You, you've been in fitness for a long time. Um, how important are the mental benefits from just working out oh, yeah. consistently, right? So if you take it's just it off- like that, it's therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you take a week off completely- you know, maybe you won't lose muscle or, or strength, 
um, and maybe you'll recover better, but you're not getting into the mental effects now. So that's why I think right. it's important to still do something, just go way easier and, and, you know, go in with the mental focus of deload. Yeah. This is a easy recovery week. Yeah, maintain um, your rituals and habits. There you go. Along those, along, along those lines though, I, I also think like, um, we, we always talk about, you know, building muscle, burning body fat is like the, the, the focus, but overall general health, the sphere is so much bigger than that. So if I'm talking to one of my fitness fanatics, I'm also like challenging them on their, their spiritual health, their relationship health. Mm -hmm. Like, and so maybe if I was dialed in on my training and I'm all, I'm all about that right now, maybe that week I'm actually kind of thinking about those things. So that maybe means I'm, I'm doing mobility stuff. Maybe I'm doing practices that's going to work on my relationship. Maybe I'm doing some stuff to work on my inner, my inner maybe self. Maybe a fast. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a fast, maybe things like, maybe I'm, I'm going to look at the, the rest of the sphere and think about like where can I where can I grow or where can I improve in those areas that isn't necessarily in the weight room. I know right now we're discussing all the weight room stuff like oh mobility skills training oh this but hey maybe that week you still have a, a, an hour practice so you don't quit, you don't stop the consistency of being dialed in of like consistently working on yourself but maybe that hour is walk and meditating. Maybe it's taking going out with your future wife and doing something special for her. Maybe it's you know so. You know, or maybe it's reading. It could be a lot of other things that I think are going to contribute to your overall health and performance. Great point. That isn't always necessarily in the gym. What do I could I be doing? And to me, that deload week personally, I'm always you know the the gym is easy for me. I love that. I love lifting weights. That's a, that's an easy go to. The stuff that I have to discipline myself about is the other stuff, the reading, the spiritual growth, the working inside, the meditating, the things that I probably kind of push to the side or don't focus on. To me, that deload week, I'm trying to trying to focus on those types of things. I really like that um, that mindset, like that outlook on that. That's um, a great way to. I, I didn't really think I didn't really think about it like that, but uh, <laughs> but I appreciate your uh, your insight on that. Um, a lot of where you know, this, this kind of, this question comes from, um, since I'm relatively new, um, actually my, one of my closest friends, shout out Mason Tillman, uh, put me on you guys, like maybe like three months ago. And, um, I started, I have two of your programs and I, I started doing strong. And then, um, he, uh, my, my buddy, he wanted to do aesthetic together because him and I have, you know, pretty similar, um, skill level when it comes to the gym and our, in our level of commitment. Um, so we started doing aesthetic and, um, I started getting, I, I got to like week three on aesthetic. So just, uh, just starting it, but, um, I had a, I had a small strain, so I kind of like took some time off and like you guys have been saying, just kind of focusing on some, you know, some stuff that I can work around with this injury and just recovering, um, kind of around that injury. But I guess that because I was experiencing like, you know, like you guys say, the volume on that is way higher than probably a lot of people can handle. Um, you know, I'm kind of thinking like maybe like after the first phase, I do like a, you know, a small deload week and kind of focus on some other stuff and then, you know, jump right into, um, you know, phase two to where, you know, cause that one's a little bit, it bumps it up a little bit. So I think that's kind of, you know, this is just trying to help me to, to formulate my, my plan of attack um, through this programming. You're on, you're on the right track. Aesthetic is a lot of volume. A lot of people think, oh, I'm going to do aesthetic. No problem. It's, it's a lot of volume for, it's too much for a lot of people. So I think you're, you're definitely on the right track and don't forget you're in the health space. Health is a lot more than just, you know, muscle and fat loss. 
And as you get, as you, as you continue progressing through the space, you'll realize just how important all the other stuff is as well. sounds like you're already on the right track though. So yep. do you have, I know you're a trainer. Do you have map? Do you have prime and prime pro? Cause those are the most valuable programs for trainers. I, I do not, but those are the two that I've been looking into um, most recently. I, know, I hear you guys hammering those all the time, so I'm like, that's got to be yeah. one for the tool belt. So. We'll, we'll send them over to you, okay? That's a wedding gift. You got you got Maps Prime and Prime hey, Pro. Awesome. No yep. problem. Hey, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Um, love what you guys do. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan for life. I'm like, how did I miss this over the last like <laughs> <laughs> years of being in the fitness industry? Uh, but I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, you guys no are the best. Spread the word. Thank, Thank you, right. Justin. Thanks right for calling in. Of course. Really good point, Adam, because uh, we, we do often forget that it's um, it's a lot more than just workouts. What a great opportunity when you have a deload week to look at everything and say, all right, what's some stuff I tend to neglect? And let me focus the, the on the holistic that. kind of bird's eye view. Right? Well, especially with someone like him, like you brought up some points that I think are very important that. Yeah. Average person. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, if I, most of my clients, I didn't really schedule deload weeks because most of my clients they would do it themselves yeah it was i mean there's probably a handful maybe two handful worth of people that i've trained that could run a like a full maps program with no days off and, right. or breaks jump right into the next yeah thing. and, and they, Very they rare. it's rare that i had a client that that was that consistent where they just you know never miss it there's some of them but a handful yeah uh, and compared to someone like him, who's a trainer. So as a trainer, I think different. Like they're like he's going to be like us. Yeah, he loves it. He loves the gym. And sometimes we're so focused on maximizing muscle or not losing muscle or you know losing body fat. It's like, dude, there's there's a, a, a such another a whole other aspect of health and fitness. And what a perfect time for you to put your energy there, knowing that you're probably not the guy that does that. Cause I know I'm not, you know, mm -hmm. so I can totally relate. Our next caller is Andy from Oklahoma. Andy, what's happening, man? How can we help you? Hey, how's it going? Uh, Good. I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Of course. Um, so my question is, um, I guess I got started kind of helping my fitness and everything early this year in January and online, I can see all over the place that the, uh, you know, you don't want to lose more than like two to three pounds of weight per week. And that's like a good metric to judge progress and keep yourself from going, you know, too hard or too, you know, hurt causing other problems. But I can't see what's a good rate by week or month to judge growth. Like how much muscle can I put on or, you know, how fast my body, my BMI will change or, or, or things like that. So I was, I was interested what's a good metric by week or month for those kinds of things. Half a percent to a percent a week is what they say. Body fat. Yeah. yeah. Body but fat. But you're talking, you want to know about how much muscle you should gain per week, what that number looks like. Is that what you're asking? Uh, either way. Right. Like I know they're all kind of running, uh, in, you know, connection with each other. I just know, like I, I went from 32% body fat and, uh, I lost a bunch of weight really fast earlier this year. I started watching your show and listening to you guys and cut back on the cardio and, you know, increase my calories a little bit. Cause I realized that 30 pounds, uh, just based on my scale, you know, the electric uh, penance on the scale, I lost like 10 pounds of muscle out of that 30 pounds. And so I, I don't want to keep doing that. So I'm just trying to make sure I'm keeping a check, but my progress has obviously slowed dramatically doing that. So just looking for those reference yeah, points. You know, it's, um, uh, so a couple things first, th those are, those are general guidelines, you know, two pounds of body fat a week, right? I've had clients lose more 
and be okay. It really does depend on the person and the individual, but generally speaking, it's a good, it's a, it's a decent target. Look at body fat percentage. I like body fat percentage more because it tells you much more than what the weight on the scale will tell you. So like, in fact, with your reverse diet, if you're focusing on strength, you may actually find that your weight go up on the scale, but your body fat percentage actually go down. So that can happen if you do things kind of the right way. And then one metric that I really always advise people to pay attention to, especially someone like yourself who lost a lot of weight uh, in a short period of time, is to focus on performance. Look at your strength. Like if your strength is going up, and your body weight goes down a little bit or the size the of your pants goes down a little bit or stays the same like that's a great that's a great metric and as your strength continues to go up usually your metabolism follows usually muscle growth uh, follows as well so that's one of the most important things i would say body fat percentage and strength if the body fat percentage trends in the right way and your strength is going up you're probably doing most things right yeah just because the scale doesn't move doesn't mean you're not progressing really good. I mean, what could potentially happen is you, so you may, you may think your progress is slowing down because the scale isn't moving one way or the other, but you may be building muscle. And what's happening is as you build muscle, your metabolism speeds up and then in turn, you end up leaning out a little bit. So you lose a little bit of body fat. So you have this nice kind of even exchange happening. And many times this is right where I want my clients to be. The hard part is the mental, the challenge, mm -hmm. because we're always, we're, we're so married to you know, the scale telling us like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm building muscle, so I want to see it go up or, oh, I'm burning body fat, so I want to see it go down. But the truth is, especially I'm, I can see you right now. So I see you have a, you're not obese. You're not super skinny. You, you have a good frame already. So I would love to keep your, your size about the same, but we're just a nice little slow exchange of building muscle and losing body fat. And you're in a great place. Do you do circumference measurements at all besides your bioelectric impedance? I don't know, but, but that has come up in just like watching you guys and listening, you know, talking to other people. And I, I certainly think I'm going to start yeah. doing that here. I think it's a good just, measurements done. Yeah. Just because in terms of like body fat, I think body fat is a great metric. It's just a really hard one to um, nail down in terms of like the, the efficacy of that. So we do like uh, dunk tank, which is like the most accurate or like a bod pod or something like that, where you displace air, displace water. Um, but in terms of just the simplicity, I think that, um, you know, circumference measurements will see growth where you want to see growth and then, you know, decrease where you want to decrease. So even just, you know, constantly sort of paying attention to your waistline. Uh, and then like Sal said, your strength gains and, uh, you know, your, your eating is consistently, uh, you know, at that same calorie amount. I think you're, you're, you're kicking ass. Yeah, I want to echo what you just said, Justin, uh, that is that circumference measurements are so underrated. And they shouldn't be. It's actually a, a phenomenal way to gauge progress. Like if you measured your your upper arm, your chest, your waist, your thigh, you would get a pretty good idea of what's happening on the scale if the scale goes up or down, right? If the scale goes up, but your waist size goes down. Or stays the same. Or stays the same. Like, oh, you know, we're probably doing the right thing. Combine that with performance. Um, and now you've got a pretty damn good picture. Body fat percentage is great too, but like, you know, Justin made a good point. If you take your body fat test on the scale, your electric impedance, you better make sure that every time you take your body fat on there, that everything's identical, like same time of day, same amount of hydration, you know, uh, everything the same because your the amount of fluid in your in your body, time of day can actually affect the reading by a few percent. I've actually made mine go up or down by four yeah, percent within an hour. Yeah, it swings pretty pretty dramatically. Yeah, so I, I like I like a lot what what Justin said. I think at this point in your training too, 
really focus on performance. I think if you went on a on a, a you know a twelve week course of just trying to get stronger, I think you would get. It's a great time to do it. You've already lost a lot of weight. It's a great time to to focus on that. Have you cut out all the Peloton? Or are you still doing Peloton? <laughs> Uh, I still do it like once or twice a week just because I do really enjoy okay. the mountain biking. That's good. And I want to stay conditioned for that. But but I am running uh, MAPS Anabolic now. I'm on like uh, starting the phase one and uh, really enjoying that. And so so I'm going to keep pushing on that and start doing my circumference measurements as it sounds like. Excellent. Well, yeah, good we, deal, man. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I think, I think you're on the right track. So good question. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that, Justin. It's got to be the most underrated yet one of the most simple. You know, mm-hmm. one of the things that that's we all tend, Doug does. I yeah. know, and you know, one of the things that I got to keep reminding myself is the advice I give. There's like, what's the most efficacious and accurate, and then what's the one that people are going to be the most consistent doing right. yeah. with the least amount of it's error. The, yeah, the easiest with no barriers. Yeah, like circumference, right? It's like super, uh, super easy, and it, it does tell you a lot, especially when you combine it with performance. I think so Doug I keeps it that. even simpler. Yeah. You're just doing your waist, don't you? Waste, just the yeah. waist. Because here, yeah. if you think about he this way, if you think of this way, if, <laughs> if you're on a program and you're trying to build muscle, you're increasing calories, you're strength training, and if you're seeing the scale go up, but your waist is staying the same or potentially going down, you're doing perfect. Yep, yeah. If you see that if you see that the scale is about the same or barely goes up and your waist goes up, you're probably your ratio. You can lose weight and this and your waist go up, right? And you know, uh oh, I lost muscle and I gained some body fat, right? You know, if you're a man, for women, you'd look at hips and waist. Those, those two areas. Because the one de- the one deceiving part about actually measuring, like say, arms and thighs and things like that, because you could potentially be leaning out like a little bit too, right? You're right. So you might see oh, now right. see it's a little bit of decrease. So there. yeah, so I really like what Doug does, which is just watch his scale weight and measure his waist. Yeah. And he knows what he's trying to do, right? If he's obviously if he's trying to build muscle, he's he's just wanting to add enough calories that it's not going, it's not increasing his waist size, mm-hmm. but his scale weight is slowly going up. That's a, I think that's a really good way to, to gauge that and vice versa when you go the opposite direction, right? Mm-hmm. Our next caller is Lexi from Canada. Lexi, what's happening? How can we help you? Hi, how are you? Good. Great. Oh, great. So funny. I just came back from the gym and I was listening to you guys there. So this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Okay. So I have a question for a client of mine. I'm a trainer and a nutritionist. She's 27. She's 180 pounds. She wants to lose some weight. We started working together a couple months ago. So I was making her exercise and nutrition plans. She told me at the time she wasn't dieting at all. So it seemed like she was probably one of the rare clients who might be able to benefit from going straight into a cut. So I put her on a three days a week lifting plan and I put her in a deficit just to kind of see what would happen. Problem is she immediately got super sick. And so she stopped working out and was barely eating because she couldn't stomach anything. This lasted for like six weeks. And it made me think that like cutting calories wouldn't be the right move here at all because her weight stayed totally the same. So I'm thinking that we need to kind of work to heal her metabolism. Like you guys talk about reverse diet her, live heavy, let her body build and then try to cut. And she's totally on board for that, which is awesome. But my question is number one, even though it seemed like she was overeating from like her diet history and that it would work to put her into a cut, is it possible she was actually under eating and her metabolism slowed? Or is there anything else that could maybe cause this like genetic factors or something like that? Because it really seemed like it was a classic case of like a metabolism adapted to dieting, but it doesn't really fit what she told me. 
And then my other question is just in terms of my plan for her, I was thinking about starting her around 1800 calories and then slowly upping her by 50 to hundred a week. And then just kind of watching to see her body. Um, I was thinking if we end up around 2200 or 2300, spend a couple months there and then try to cut, uh, that hopefully we'd see results from that. But I just kind of wanted to get your guys take on that. So this is where, and this is why, I actually stopped like giving clients a diet until first I made them track because one, you already hit, hit what happens a lot of times is they, they either under or over report. Nobody's accurate. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they don't, they, if they just tell you, oh, this is what I eat. That's always fucking wrong. It's by feeling. Yeah. It's always fucking wrong. I want to see it. So before I will even give a diet, what I say at the beginning of our, our program, the next two weeks, this is what I want you to do, Susie. I, I don't want you to try and impress me. If you have Snickers at two o'clock, eat your Snickers. If you do this, do that. Like, don't. What, what all I really want to see is I want to see your eating habits. From there, I'm going to build a a a, a plan from that, and that way I can because you she could have been at 800 calories, she could have been at 2700 calories. It's too hard to say until you get to see that data. And then after you see that, then I take very small changes to her diet. It's never really dramatic. There's almost a hundred percent of the time as a, as a coach, there'll be something very, especially since you have a nutrition background, you'll see something glaring. She'll be way under eating on fiber. She'll be way under eating on protein. She'll be over consuming probably sugar. She'll, she's probably not getting enough healthy fats. You're going to see a ton of things that you could probably help her with. I pick one, I pick one and I actually like to add to the diet first. So even with somebody who wants to lose weight, I find somewhere where they're probably lacking nutritionally and I want to increase that. So instead of telling her no longer you can you have that Snickers bar, although it's probably unrealistic that that's probably happening, but just say that's what's going on. I'm going to see that she's under consuming protein and I'm going to focus there before I start to take things away. I'm going to say, hey, you know what, Susie, we're only getting 40 grams of protein every single day. We really need to be somewhere towards the 90 to 110 at least and the minimum. So that's what I want you to focus on. So I want you every day to make sure you have this. And so, and that's what we're going to speak to first. What naturally happens is those other things like Snickers bars start to fall off because she's focused on trying to add to her diet. And naturally she already starts to see a good positive response yeah. from it. That's how I start almost every client. Yeah. Lexi, I'm going to tell you something that I wish somebody told me when I was first a trainer, and it's going to really summarize basically what Adam is explaining. Okay. Most trainers try to coach and guide results. That's wrong. Coach and guide behaviors and the client, not results, because the behaviors are what lead to the results. Coaching results doesn't always and often at all doesn't result in the behaviors that you're looking for. And then you end up with people who go in and out of fitness and go up and down and rebound. So what Adam was explaining is entirely based off of behaviors. That's why he said what he said. Now, is that going to get someone faster results than if they followed your perfect meal plan right out the gates? Probably not, but the way he said it, the odds of them sticking around and getting long-term success are so many times higher. The di the diet plan, the fast result, whatever, results in like an 85 to 90% fail rate within the first year. Add a couple of years to that and it's almost 100%. So focus on the behaviors, not the results. The behaviors lead to what you want. Now, in terms of putting someone on a cut right out the gates, even if their calories are high, here's why I don't necessarily like to do that. I want to fuel their strength, and their performance before I do anything with their diet. Because she hasn't worked out, right? She just hired you. She didn't work out before. What you want to do is you want to be able to fuel the strength. You put her on a cut with the strength training, 
She'll get some strength gains. She'll get some performance gains because she hasn't done it before. But you're actually reducing those performance gains by a significant amount because you've automatically put her on a cut. So those two things right there I want you to consider. How do I coach this person's behaviors? Consider that above all else. And then how do I get this person's performance to improve? And then how do I get the client? And here's back to the behavior thing. If I can get my client to focus on and appreciate and love performance gains, oh, I've done a great thing right out the gates. Now the person's not even focused on aesthetics. They're like, oh my God, I love being strong. Oh my God, I love the way that I feel. And what does that typically lead to? All the physical changes that they were looking for in the beginning. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, I hear you. That's, that is helpful. Um, so yeah, so that totally makes sense. So probably there was something off in like my initial information that I got in terms of like her diet history and stuff. Is it possible though? Like, let's say it was bang on and like a cut in a perfect world, like should have given her some initial results right at the beginning. Is it possible? Like do some people, are there genetic factors where like some people's metabolisms can naturally like just be on the slower side? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Definitely. But you know, you, you, you're training an individual. So that person's, um, how their body responds, the feedback that you get, what you notice yourself that they may not tell you, but you'll hear or read between the lines. That's really what you want to go off of. I think um, if you literally make her download My Fitness Pal or Fat Secret, one of those apps, and make her input for one week, I bet you you'll see something jump right out yeah. at you. I now, guarantee. I guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, every time, especially somebody who doesn't have any real history in like nutrition or exercise, they're they're always way off, and they always uh, under overestimate. They're never on point. So I bet you you just have her track one week. And you'll see something jump out at you like, oh, my God, no wonder we weren't building any muscle. You were only eating 10 to 20 grams of protein. Your high day was 60. It's like and you're in a think about that for a second. Imagine somebody, even if, if her, her calories are all right, what she's saying, but she's under consuming protein by that low, right? That low of protein. You put her in a cut and you're strength training her. She's not going to build any muscle. There's no way she's going to build any muscle. There's no right materials. That. Yeah, that. and all that's really going to happen is her, her metabolism is going to slow down even more. So it's just going to make an uphill battle for you. So just have her track for a week. I bet you will see something glaring that you can address right off the gate. Yeah, now also because she's coming back from illness, um, I, I think your focus should be on making her feel good. I don't think it should be anything centered around results or fat loss or anything like that. Just yeah, energy and strength. How do you feel? Let's get you feeling good. How's your sleep? How's your energy? Let's get you feeling good. Then when she comes in and she goes, man, I feel like my old self. I feel great. Then you can start moving uh, back in that in that direction. But I would have her feeling good first. That might take a while. She's, you said she was six for six, yeah. for six weeks. So Maybe. yeah, it might, might take a few weeks. It might take two to three weeks for that to happen. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, so in terms of my second question, like, upping her calories slowly. Is that a good idea? And do you think my numbers there that I had are on the right track? Yeah, I anything? like that. I like, I like a slow increase 50 to hundred calories. Y yes and no. Okay. The only reason why, uh, so yes, I think you should increase her calories, but, and, and do that slowly, but I would say no to just throwing a random number out there. I yeah, would want to, I'd want to get her to give me that week first before I gave you a, a cause what you might find out is when she tracks that week, it's way different than what you uh, thought or are planning on right now. So whatever she gives you for a week, then I would slightly increase it from that. And more importantly, probably balance what she's having. Mm -hmm. So let's say she reports and you get uh, you get an average like, oh, she's eating 1,900 calories a day. Okay, so I want to take her to like 
2,000 to 2,100 a day. I think that's a good goal. But more importantly, oh, we need to increase the fiber here. Let's reduce the sugar here. Let's get more protein here. And don't get it all to her at once. Adjust one or two of those things and and focus on yeah, that. Yeah, you know what, too, Lexi? Uh, it might be wise to have her track after she fully recovers and feels okay. Because I bet you if she tracked right now, it wouldn't reflect her normal behaviors because she's coming out of just being sick. So just another thing to consider. Yeah, she's still not feeling well or is she good now? What's Where are we at? Um, she said she's good now. She's This okay. would be like her first kind of back at the gym and stuff. Okay. Yeah, so this coming right. week would then, be a good yeah, week. Yeah, then you're okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Perfect. No, Let, that's super helpful. Now, totally Lexi, since you're a trainer, do you have Maps Prime and Prime Pro? I have Maps Prime because I didn't want to get ripped apart on this podcast. <laughs> and I have um, Maps Aesthetic. And I have, what good else do I have? Intuitive Eating Guide. Right. Don't encourage Adam. You, need, you guys need to stop encouraging him. <laughs> uh, I'm going to send you Prime Pro too because I think uh, Prime Thank Pro you. is also yeah. extremely valuable. So we'll get we'll send that Thank over to you. you. Thanks for calling yeah, in, Lexi. Really Thank you guys so much. Thanks awesome. to you. You got it. Right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, first off, it's hilarious that they say that. They really are encouraging <laughs> Put the fear. Please don't all. encourage Adam to, to be more Adam. No, I'm just kidding. You know, I uh, I can't state that enough. Um, if you want to accomplish something, even for yourself, it's the behaviors that you need to focus on, not the specifics, because behaviors are what drive it all. So yeah. you're training a client or even yourself, you know what your tendencies are. Yes, you could follow a, a you know, a, a script oh, here's what I got to do and whatever. But if you don't pay attention to what your what your behaviors are and how you wake up, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel you know motivated or driven, what makes you feel like you know want to do things, it's going to be all in yeah. futility. Yeah, here's kind of I look at it like like memorizing uh, before a test and doing scoring really well, <laughs> yeah. right? Like you can score well, you can get results, but is, it, is that going to last? Did you retain any of that information? Are you applying that any any Good of that point. information going forward? No, you need to you know really do the work on on really um, you know changing the behavioral part of it. I love getting young trainers like this that we get a chance to have a conversation with because unfortunately for ten years of my career, I just wrote diets. Yeah. I would, you know, I would do all the calculations and exactly what she probably did, which is get a, an idea of her yep. food history and what she likes and what she doesn't like. Yep. And then I would sit down and do all the math and I would write out, here's where I think you should be. Follow that to a T. And it just was, it, it, you know who it was effective for when I was training myself or somebody who was like me, who like, give me, or an engineer, yeah, give me I'll structure. do it. Yeah, I'll do it. And they just, just like a robot would follow it to a T for the next six months, those people. But later on, when I figured the piece out where I was like, you know what, I'm going to stop trying to guess or think and assume that these people are reporting the right information. They need to track for me. And then from, and then what I found was like, holy shit, these people's, their diets were so off that me chain writing a meal plan was so different than the, the way they ate the likelihood that they would stick to that forever was ridiculous so what i would do is go okay this is i would try and find a way to just slightly modify what they were already doing because if i threw something completely different at them the likelihood that they would continue doing that forever versus oh i can make a little tweak to breakfast this person, she's under, mm -hmm. like she was already eating eggs. Is it hard for you to add four ounces of ground turkey? Yeah. And you to know your what's eggs? funny? And you know what's funny yeah. about that approach? If you do it right, the the within two or three changes, right, two or three changes, 
the client starts to change things themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I meant by not getting rid of the Snickers bar is you, you keep adding to think to the meals of what they're yeah. lacking in nutritionally, and they naturally let that dro- it drops off because now they're more full Dude, and satisfied. I haven't had a Snickers bar in so many years. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, why, you said I don't that, know why I said that. And one. I'm like, man, I kind of want one. <laughs> We're not even sponsored. Use now. Mind Pump as the Thanks. code for 15. No, I'm just kidding. Our next caller is James from Florida. What's up, James? How can we help you? Hey guys, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah. No problem. Uh, I want to say also thank you so much for the the resources you guys put out there. Uh, as a beginner, um, the stuff you guys put out, like the videos and the podcast, and it's really helped me to avoid making a lot of mistakes and uh, stay kind of focused on you know what's important. So I really appreciate that stuff. The no, stuff you guys do. No problem. Thank Great. you. So uh, I'm 41 years old. Um, I've never trained in my life. About a year ago, I was uh, 240 pounds of dad bod, and uh, I did the same thing that most people do. I thought, you know, cardio was the answer. So I did eight months of cardio, lost 65 pounds and became skinny fat. So three and a half months ago, I started uh, lifting. Uh, I only have access to a set of five to 25 pound adjustable dumbbells for at least the next year or two. And my primary goal is uh, to build muscle. So um, for upper body work, I think the dumbbells are going to be good for that time period. I'm, I'm especially if I use things like progressive overload and slow tempo down to make it feel like it's heavier. But for my lower body, I'm already using uh, both 25 pound for uh, squats and deadlifts. And I'm getting up into the 17 plus range. And I know if you go too high, you're getting into endurance training, which isn't really what I want to do. So I guess my question is, um, is it pointless to, to squat and deadlift with such light weight if your goal is to build muscle? Is, is it even possible to build muscle uh, with light weights like that in the lower body? Yeah, it's it's not it's pointless. Tough. However, we do, we do want to find ways of of increasing the resistance. So you name one of them, which is slowing down. So you can really slow the reps down. You can use isometrics, which is very underrated. And isometrics, unilateral training, unilateral training. Can I get good. you to spend fifty bucks on a suspension trainer? Uh, what, what was that? Can I get you to spend fifty bucks on a suspension trainer? Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar. I'm not a complete okay. beginner, so I don't know. What that okay. Is. Okay. Well then I can have, I can have our team send you over a link and I'll have, I'll have them send over a link for 50% off a suspension trainer. And then I can give you the suspension trainer program for free because I okay. think that will really help you. Uh, and cause you could do some, you could do some really tough stuff for your hamstring and posterior chain on that. I think you could build a lot of muscle and there's a lot of variations that you can do. It with. takes up less space than your yeah, it takes up do. no space. It's reasonably inexpensive. Um, I mean, that's, and that, I think you could get a, you can get a pretty far with that. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Suspension trays. So have you seen TRX straps before? It's where they hang off of something and then they're like handles. They almost look like Olympic with rings. Like seat belts kind of like, but, uh, yeah, it has handles at the yeah. end and, and it hooks up to your door. Anyway, we have a program that uses just those and, and that there's many, many different ways to progress resistance with those. So that's great advice. And then unilateral training at, you know, Justin said earlier, you know, you could squat with one leg, you could do a one legged deadlift. What'll dramatic that'll dramatically increase the resistance, but which I we have some of that stuff in the suspension yeah. trainer, which is why and I and it'll help give him some stability. Obviously, doing a pistol squat out the gates for somebody who hasn't no no is really tough to do. Yeah. You know, yeah, but I mean, even fi- you know, focusing on Bulgarian squats and uh, you know, like that'll give you enough resistance with that lighter weight. Uh, so I would focus on that in combination with the suspension trainer. I think you'll get a great workout from that. And then, you know, down the road, you may look at wanting to invest in uh, a bit more of a weight setup just because, you know, at that point, uh, when you're really getting serious about strength training, you, d- you do need to kind of invest in that direction. Yeah. So I have a question about the, the unilateral training. I have tried to do things like lunges and 
uh, single leg deadlift and Bulgarian split squats. But I'm, I'm finding that my right leg, I can do it pretty well, but my left leg, I guess there's a muscle imbalance. So what would be the best approach to, to fixing that? Start on the weak side first. Yeah, yeah. Let, let that dictate how many reps you do with your right. Uh, yeah, so even if you feel way stronger on the opposite side, stick to the same. So whatever the weak side is, so let's say we're doing a single leg deadlift. You said your weak side is your right or your left? Left. Left? Left. So start with the left leg and slow down the tempo, try and get perfect form. When you start to lose stability or you can't do any more with perfect form, say that's five reps, stop it there and then mirror that on the other side. Even if you could do double the reps, still okay. stay with, let it catch up. It will. Okay. Awesome. I think you guys answered my question pretty well. Thank you yeah, so much. We're gonna, we're gonna, James, we're going to send over map suspensions. So we're going to send that program over to you, and then I'll also have uh, our assistant send over a coupon code so you can also buy this, the, the strap. Unfortunately, I can't give that to you for free, but yeah, that, I, I, I at least hook you up. Okay? I really appreciate it very much. Cool. You got it, man. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. Yeah, great advice. I forgot all about that. Yeah, the suspension trainer makes it uh, – I mean, that makes working out with no equipment – very effective. Yeah. Whether you're a beginner or advanced, you oh, could yeah. advance the hell out of the, the difficulty of the angles, yeah. gravitational forces. It gives you a really good resistance so. and, and relatively inexpensive, right? Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. I'm like, okay, he's simple. Only got, yeah. He's only got like 25 pound dumbbells. So we're going to run out of progressing that really quick. So like, obviously what you said, eventually investing into a whole weight set is ideal. But if I have minimal money, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I think suspension training. Yeah. And he's new to the game. And so I think it's just like small, um, in, you know, simple, simple, like means to, to accomplishing it is the way to go first. Well, that's the other reason why I like the suspension trainer. Cause I, he said he was a new, new to lifting the stability component that he's going to get with the suspension trainer, I think is yeah. Be plus awesome. the program tells him exactly what he needs to do. It's yeah. got the exercise demos. You know, what, what I was trying to do is advise him on how to increase his intensity, yeah. but that's me telling him, you yeah. know, over the, over the air, right. um, not being able to give him links to exercise demos and stuff like that. So that was, that was perfect advice. Look, if you like Mind Pump, head over to mindpumpfree.com and check out our guides. We have guides that can help you with almost any health or fitness goal. You can also find all of us on social media. So Justin is on Instagram at Mind Pump Justin. Adam is on Instagram at Mind Pump Adam. And you can find me on Twitter at Mind Pump Sal. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>